Hey everybody, Doug here. Wanted to do a little announcement up top here before we get into our episode on impressions, which I think you're really going to like. It's a lot of fun. Um, but I forgot to mention uh, at the end that I'm doing a guest shot on another show. Our friend Dave Jackson from the Tales from the Backlog podcast was kind enough to invite me on. So uh, if you're listening to this the week it comes out, I am right now on an episode of that show talking about The Secret of Monkey Island. If you're one of Dave's patrons, that episode comes out today, September. 4th. And uh, if you're not a patron, you'd have to wait till Wednesday the 6th. But uh, it's right there waiting for you if you want to hear me talk about this uh, old game. And you might even hear me do a few voices from that if uh, if you are so inclined. So, all right, that's it. And I hope you enjoy this episode on impressions. Hello, and welcome to Nostalgia Arcana. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we'll look back on the movies, TV, games, people, and phenomena that we still love talking about all these years later, and ask ourselves why these bits of pop culture still enchant us today. This week, we'll be revisiting... Tony Danza's screen test? I'm sorry, I can't tell you that. It's classy fries. No, it's classified. <laughs> oh! I thought it was like classy fries, you know, like curly fries. Al Pacino. I got a need. I got a real need for speed. You got no idea. In regards to speed. Harvey Firestein? This is not a gay film. But it says in the script uh, we play volleyball in jean shorts. I say, Iceman's on my tail. He's coming hard. I literally said that to a bathroom attendant. No, Alan Alda? Son, your ego's writing checks your body can't cash. Uh, that, you know, that is a terrific line. I feel like I understand everything about this movie just from the one line. That's good writing, you know? And I don't know about airplanes. Crispin Glover? Get your damn hands off her. Iceman. When a person is good at impressions, they would call that person a man of a thousand voices. So I'm really excited to be doing this today because I've got not one but two guests, which means you're getting 3,000 voices as we talk about doing impressions. This is a little bit of a, a, um, a change of form for the show, but we're, we're rolling with it. The strike's on, so we can't talk about TV and movies, but... Uh, I, I'm actually really excited to, to kind of take this detour and delve into this stuff. So with me, I have two people that are exceptionally good at impressions and who I really just have an immense ad, uh, admiration for, for their talent. So first is uh, someone you've heard on the podcast many times before. In fact, I think just uh, two times already this month uh, because mm-hmm. uh, he's awesome and uh, I love having him here. Uh, he's my buddy, Rich Baker. Thanks. I always love being here, man. Thank you. And uh, returning to the show, my uh, my old podcast from the old show, a podcast but evil. You've seen him on Mad TV, uh, and uh, another just uh, wizard on the microphone, ladies and gentlemen, Dan Oster. Hey, good to be back, Doug. Can I share the uh, review that I saw from our old podcast? Oh, from the, from the old one, of course. Yeah, yeah I, just, it just it's just seared into my brain, so I don't even need to look it up. But mm-hmm. I believe it said something like. It's cool, but one guy tries to be helpful and give information, and the other guy thinks that he's funny and cute, but he isn't. 
<laughs> which one of us is which? I know. I can't believe they said that about you, Doug. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry about that, guys. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's funny and cute. I do not think I'm cute. <laughs> what a load cute, of shit. Thank, well, thank you. I know I'm cute. I think I'm funny. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we're off and running. But let me um, let me just kind of throw it out like I usually do. So, uh, Rich, uh, I'll, I'll start with you. Tell me, you know, where impressions started for you, and where where this figures into your life. Yeah, uh, the first time I remember doing impressions. So, as I, I may have mentioned on previous episodes, I I was pretty much a loner child. I was I was raised, you know, as a single child. Like, no, you know, my brother and sister are much older, so I was home alone a lot. I didn't have a lot of friends at a young age, so I just watched a lot of TV, read a lot of books, was just always consuming media. And I would also talk to myself because I was alone and I had a voice and might as well talk to someone. So I'd talk to myself. And uh, I remember watching an episode of DuckTales and just starting to repeat what Scrooge McDuck would say after he would say it. And it didn't sound good at first. And then it sounded a little better. And then before I knew it, I was like, oh, I, I can kind of sound like Scrooge McDuck almost any time I want to. And that was really the first time I did an impression. And uh, it's like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> Let's see what else we can do. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, Dan, how about you? Where's, where's your uh, kind of jumping off well, do you still, how... can, I, can I say what the oh, audience yeah. is obviously, do you still have a Scrooge McDuck or was it based on a I do. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. I like it. It, it, we wanted to hear like, it. Yeah, it's kind of like halfway between the old Alan Young Scrooge and the current like David Tennant. Screwed. It's definitely like changed it. after watching <laughs> the new version. It's definitely oh, morphed. It oh. used to be all the old, and then after, yeah, it changed. So David Tennant's doing mm-hmm. it, huh? Wow, can't yeah, just yeah. can't give it to a prepubescent rich. The next <laughs> <laughs> up and coming, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. All right, Dan. How about you? How did you get started doing this? Um, I don't consider myself an impressionist. No, uh, I the one I remember. I mean, every all the last podcast we did was about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So, basically, for me, the flowchart for my entire like psychology just goes back to that movie. So, <laughs> I actually believe, do listen to it. It's a great. Episode. I actually, I think I remember running into you at one point. Oh, I did this when I was a kid. I mean, the movie came out when I think I was like eight years old. But I remember running into you. You know, at. Uh, the old days ultimate improv in Westwood, California shout out. Um, and and, uh, I remember like dropping some Sean Connery on you and it was always the Sean Connery from Indiana Jones and the last crusade. So it's like Mm. only the leap from the lion's head shall he prove his wealth. (laughs) So, you know, that was my, and and you, and you, I believe you were like, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably, I mean, I didn't know you yet. So I'm sure like, I mean, now I would just jump into my, I think, and be like, uh, what's it? I'm trying now. I'm blanking on the lines, Dan. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> oh no. Sean thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He likes to say his own name. That is definitely, I think it's what I like about uh, Sean Connery is that they put him in a movie that he would be incapable of saying the title of. No, Zardoz. Oh, Zardoz. Zardoz. It's like, how cruel. (laughs) You've surrounded. Yeah. I was going to say, he says Zardoz differently at different times in that movie. So sometimes he says (laughs) Zardoz. And then there's another time where he goes, like, oh, yes, uh, you've heard of Zardoz. (laughs) All we know is that no one should have ever asked that of him. That's basically it. (laughs) That Sean Connery made me think Highlander more than anything else. Though. That feels oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that yeah. can be only one. 
Nah, his yeah. name, what's his name? Ramirez in that movie? He doesn't really strike me as Clearly, a I'm a Spaniard. <laughs> yeah. Just like I yeah. was a Japanese man for your eyes only. Or a Russian to... in The Hunt for Red October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's like, Hello, comrades. Let's dragon. all drink some vodka. Dosh <laughs> <laughs> Vadanya. <laughs> Truly a chameleon among chameleons. Um, yeah. But did you do impressions as a kid? I mean, where did this get started? Well, was it was the last crusade? No, I mean, literally, I was, yeah, I was eight years old doing, like, running around thinking I had a pretty good Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were it's the only one. probably slightly higher or? pitched than it is now, but what? Does it run in the family? Like, you'd be, I mean, do other family members do impressions? Oh, my mom's Sean Connery is amazing. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The answer is no. Um hmm. I hope I don't think my family is going to like leap over to your podcast and listen to it. So I think it's safe to say that like no one in my funny uh, my family is funny. Yeah. <laughs> You're the oddball. Can I just uh, say I'm that glad you I, asked that yeah. actually because I want to give a shout out to my brother who uh, he is he's still great at voices to this day. I would say he's better than me at voices actually, mm. and mm. he can do impressions that I can't. And so uh, like he was a big influence on how many different voices he could do as well. Uh, there's cool. a guy that Rich and I both know very well. Um, he's uh, uh, Dutch, uh, and uh, he, Vlad Burkhamer. A shout out to my buddy Vlad, who's a pretty much like the most brilliant uh, composer I've ever met or ever, like ever heard of. Uh, you know, or actually met in real life. And uh, he he's constantly working on impressions just for fun. He'll just like WhatsApp me impressions, and uh, he's amazing for a guy who you know not a native English speaker. <laughs> <laughs> like is, is such a student of of um you know vocal intonation yeah doug what about you when did you get started uh of course yeah i started for for me as a kid as well um my dad he doesn't really do impressions but he did do a lot of accents and stuff growing up so he would like he, he would do those or like he would kind of feed me a, a steady diet of comedy growing up. So he, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but he had all these like old Dr. Demento shows taped on the eight track tapes. And we, like, that was a special treat. Like we'd go up into the room where the eight track player was and we'd listen to these. And so I would be getting all of this old, like Stan Freeberg stuff and Monty Python and, and all of these things. So I would l- l- listen to him do these voices. I would think this stuff was, it was really cool that he could do that. So I would start doing voices and accents and stuff. And where it really locked in for me was when I was, I guess I would have been 10 when The Simpsons came out. But mm. I had what I considered to be a dead That on. makes Doug, for, for those that are doing the math, that makes Doug 57 years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. that's, one of those cu- that's one of those cute, funny bits that uh, no one wants to hear. Sorry. <laughs> the review was right. Um, so. <laughs> anyway, back to your uh, broken stride. Continue. My broken stride. So yeah. So, but I had what I thought was a pretty killer Bart Simpson. Like you know, dead oh. one. Close your eyes. I can't do it anymore. Puberty robbed me of that voice, but it gave me many others. So <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. Um, but yeah. So I had this dead on Bart Simpson, and then I struggled to learn the next lesson of doing impressions, which is you know when to do them and what to say. Because I think, you know, they're, like doing an impression is actually kind of three talents. Like there's the mimicry, which is 90 percent of it is you got to sound like whoever it is you say you sound like. Yeah. But then, yeah, like, again, like the not just repeating something you heard them say, but being able to say, take that voice as an instrument and do something else with it. And, you know, that stuff. So, you know, me as a young you know 10 year old doing this, I ran for student president in elementary school and I did the speech as Bart. 
I did the Bartman at camp, which was ill-advised. Um, you know, so I, I used it. <laughs> so everywhere. how much tail did you get after that? So exactly much. as much as you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> neck deep in Nancy Cartwright pussy. Um, what? So- <laughs> Doug! Doug! I didn't even think you knew that word. Oh, far out, man. <laughs> you're not You're not old enough to you say that. You can guess who was eating whose shorts. No, um... <laughs> so, Damn. No, I mean, Damn. over is time... This, this is yeah. Arcanum Nostradamus. What's it called again? Nostalgia Arcanum. I know I made Nostalgia Arcanum. I remember. After hours. After hours. Um, but, you know, it progressed through high school. I mean, I did, um, I, when I started doing theater in high school, like, all almost every character I did had an accent. Um, because it was just something I brought to the table. and was like, oh, good, Doug can do that. We need a, 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 an actor who can come in and be this character. Uh, and it just sort of just, I just continued doing it, and I never stopped. Clearly. Yeah. The Sorry, Simpsons was also like a big, like open, like it really opened things up. So as I started, started with Scrooge McDuck and I definitely, you know, did Kermit earlier and some of the Muppets and things. But I feel like The Simpsons was like this whole cast of characters. And I couldn't do every character, but I could do a lot of them, at least to some degree. And that really kind of, to me, was probably the biggest like wellspring of new voices was well, that show. Well, fucking show, don't tell, motherfucker. Do you still do any Simpsons impressions? Oh, oh yeah, you know, like Moe the bartender, you know, he's he's just, you know, he's a, a welcome to Moe's, you know, a Homer, Bonnie, you know, that kind of, like, I love Moe the bartender. He's just so easy. And according to Hank Azaria, um, he, he, he modeled him after a bad Al Pacino. <laughs> well, you know, the way uh, we find impressions uh, is, is really fascinating to me. Uh, or original characters. Sometimes a bad impression, as you just pointed out, can be an original character. Um, famously, uh, I believe Hannibal Lecter uh, is partially an impression of Catherine Hepburn. According to Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. No, I mean, like, you can really pull stuff and, like, especially cross gender impressions is a great way to get an original character because no one will really hear what you're doing. Yeah. But you actually get so, get so much to work with. I remember what I wanted to say because, Doug, you were talking about the philosophy of impressions of, like, okay, you can sound like the person, but are you just going to say lines that they've said or do you actually, can you actually, you know, get into the, the kind of the mindset and the point of view of the person? You know, usually it's like they've played enough characters that you're like, oh, there is a there is a string that ties your characters together. You have kind of a, an attitude or a truth to you that we can now like discern, right? And uh, I think that's interesting because that's what's kept me sometimes from really digging too deep into impressions. I I, I always want to, it to have a point. You know, I want it to serve a, an idea, a bit. Like, oh, it's pretty funny that this person is doing this. It's not enough for me for it to just be a showcase. You know, yeah, like, well, I don't really care about just somebody's ability to do it. I want to see them turn it towards an idea. Yeah. Well, otherwise, you're just Michael Scott at a party. Right. You know, yeah. trying to do a voice. And again, you're just like, hey, remember this line you heard in Austin Powers? Right. Well, but that's so much of the Internet. Billion dollars. You know, I remember not- an old friend of ours, uh, David Riley, had a bit because it was like there were all these things that was like uh, it was like uh, 100 impressions in, you know, one minute or something. And he was like, I'm going to do, you know. One or you know one impression for a hundred minutes or something like I don't know it's like yeah, it's fine, just so yeah. funny to me but like cycling through them like here's a line here's a line here's a line I'm like that's not that impressive to me you know being able to sit in the person and kind of like take on their suit their skin suit you know that to me is the real the real challenge yeah I mean and I think that's why it's called an impression you know I was thinking about like what are impressions that you know shaped me or ones that I admired and the one that uh, I 
thought of was um, Phil Hartman's Bill Clinton. Good evening. This past Wednesday night, I laid out the basics of a health care plan that would guarantee every American a comprehensive package of medical coverage. If you are a citizen of the United States, you cannot be turned down. That's right. If you have an obstructed, calcified pancreas, you qualify. <laughs> if you have a prolapsed colon, you qualify. If you need a sebaceous cyst lanced and drained, you qualify. You see, over the last eight months, Hillary and I have visited with thousands of troubled Americans who shared their anxieties with us. I remember the anguish of the man in Virginia who told me he lives with the constant worry that if a loved one were to cut off his penis again, <laughs> he could not afford to have it reattached. <laughs> that he would be forced to keep it in the refrigerator until he found a new job with the proper coverage. If you actually watch it, like, close your eyes. Like, you would never think, oh, yeah, he sounds exactly like Bill Clinton. No, he doesn't yeah. really sound that much like him at all. But he embodies, like, a, this Bill Clinton, like, character. Now, you bring up and, an interesting thing because yeah. it's like I played Bill Clinton on, a, on, like, a Second City L.A. show for a while. And I think I was just doing Phil Hartman's Bill Clinton. Yeah. It sounded like this. It's just like, ah, you know, everybody's great to be here, you know. But I don't really think this is exactly how Bill Clinton sounds. But I think that's how Phil Hartman pretty much did it. And uh, you know, it's 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 like he's got the vibe right, you know. I, yeah, I, I think your Bill Clinton is actually pretty right on there. It sounds sounds a lot like him. But like the Phil Hartman Bill Clinton is even less. Like it's pulled back and we're just like. Yeah, hi, how you doing? I like change. <laughs> like it's not yeah. like vote like if you listen to it, it's not like oh yeah, close your eyes like you know, some someone like uh, I don't know, Bill Hader's Pacino, where you're like, Jesus Christ. Do you yeah. just a, borrowed his vocal cords? There was know? a great uh Phil Hartman sketch where he played Reagan. Um I, I by the way, all SNL sketches are best served as recountings of the sketch, because then you go back and you're like, God, this is kinda long. But uh the Phil Hartman as Ronald Reagan and the thing was he was like they're like He's this like genius. He's like this like we've got to do this, we got to do that, and then like they bring the girl scouts and he's like, well, it's really nice to meet you. And like, hey, all right, oh, go, I'm just this goofball. And then the students are like, never let them back in. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, but again, for and for a comedic genius like Phil Hartman, it's all about the character beats way more than it is about right. like, d yeah. accurate mimicry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, what's the story you're telling? Well, that's why I, to me, I think. They, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, well, man. to me, like, like my, my Quentin, like Dana Carvey was such a such a big influence because his George Bush doesn't sound like George Bush, but it was one of his most popular characters in the history of SNL, and like that taught me that lesson as a kid of like, okay, he's just confidently doing something funny that's kind of similar, and that counts, and it works. I was staying in Lincoln bedroom last night, and I couldn't resist getting on the phone, and I called up the Secret Service as the president. Feel like gone jogging tonight. <laughs> In the nude. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. In all my years of government service, I never once said, not gonna I feel like, Rich, you yeah. did a video or something on Instagram. I, it might have been about original characters, but I think it was about impressions. I could be wrong, right? Were you talking, you kind of broke down, like, the things you can focus on? Was that, is that a video that you did? Uh, probably. It, I, I Something like that. It. But, but it's like, you know, a a point of view impression 
can be as strong if you really it's like a the cinder block right you break your hand if you if you hesitate but if you if you really go you go through the block so if you're like really commit to like i understand this person's like vibe and their energy it, those impressions can be some of our most favorite impressions and it's like pretty accurate but not you're not gonna get you're not gonna close your eyes and think it's that person yeah a different type yeah so then as long as you're on that subject of like you know signature impressions are there some impressions that you guys do that you think is like this is one that like if if someone says oh you do impressions this is the first you know one you pull out of your bag oh okay so what's your go-to yeah yeah go-to's you're on your first date and you really want to impress her yeah (laughs) abort abort (laughs) (laughs) you bust out the bart the bart man yeah obviously yeah um I, I I don't know if it's uh, like my favorite, but the first time I ever did an impression that didn't feel like I was doing uh, someone else's vocal choice, like Scrooge McDuck is, you know, someone's attempt at doing character voices, not their real voice. But um, Stan Lee, I didn't hear anyone do a Stan Lee. I just heard Stan Lee and I could and he was Spider-Man and he's amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar, Excelsior, you know, and it's like it was really the first time. And I mean, honestly, there's maybe less than a dozen that I've ever done based on the source that I feel really good about like that. You mean where you're not borrowing another impressionist version and kind of going, I kind of see what they're doing. I can or at least inspired that. partly by it, if not barring completely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, you know, it's funny because I uh, I'm drop a credit here. It's like my only credit. But I was on Mad TV and sometimes, you know, you'd get uh, you'd have to have an impression in like a matter of hours. You know, and that and that and that's tricky. And they would have a research, you know, some intern just like cut together some clips and give me, I think it was like a physical DVD, you know, that's where we were at at that point and, of, of source material. And, you know, look, I, I tried to do it as honorably as I possibly could. I do have ethics, you know, but sometimes at least with a table read, you know, if you had five seconds to come up with an impression, you're kind of like, all right, what are people doing with this guy? You know, like, what's the what are they zeroing in on? But, you know, a, an impression is a lot like a caricature when it comes to drawing, right? You know, you, yeah. you find the things that you want to exaggerate. And if you find the right things, then it works. And then if you exaggerate the wrong things, they're like, well, what are you doing? Like, that yeah. doesn't, why'd you pick that, right? So, you know, I definitely uh, try, and I've discovered some cool ones, you know, that no one will ever care about or ever use. But like, yeah, there was one, one once or twice where I was like, I will I will borrow from a famous impression because I got five seconds to come up with this thing and I'm not going to. But I try not to. I try not to. I think that, you know, I, I just think that's ethically kind of questionable. Do you have some that are like your favorites? Favorite impressions. That was the question. Correct. Yeah, favorite, um, favorite ones you like. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, the ones that the, the, look, <laughs> I can't do it on stage anymore, probably. But like Barack Obama to me was always like a very comforting, you know, like in dark times, you're like, uh, damn, you know you're doing your best, and uh, I really appreciate that. You're uh, <laughs> you're a real American, and you you know a fatherhood uh, is is tough, and you're not a father, but you could be. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. You know, like, and it just comforted me. Like, I like doing impressions of people I like. I don't really like to do impressions of people I don't respect. You know, yeah, fair. Doug, what about so, you? Uh, gosh, um, so. I think my favorite ones to do are still kind of the cartoon 
voices because they're just happy and fun. So like, well, maybe I'll pull out Winnie the Pooh, you know, something oh, yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. bother. Oh, bother. <laughs> uh, Your Winnie which, the Pooh is accurate, but it's also like weirdly like ASMR-y. Like it, like it, it, it tingles something in my brain when you do it. When you go down gonna... to sleep at night, just let the covers come over you. Oh, but what's in my pocket? Oh, I've got some keys. I've got some keys and they're ting and they're jingling. Jingling. I'm just going to fudge with this bowl of popcorn. Right? No, boy. <laughs> This is um, Winnie the Pooh's TikTok. Yeah. I, so I, I, I like that one. Other one, like for a long time, like the go-to thing was was Morgan Freeman. Uh, because oh, yeah, part, sure. That sure. was part of a show. So, that, so yeah, we did a show uh, at our old theater and it became part of two shows, but it started off as, I think it was, uh, we did the show called The Execution, which was an improv competition with like kind of the, 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 the gimmick or the theme was like it was a prison and so you got executed every week, you know, until we got down to the last players. And because of this prison theme, somehow it was hit on like, well, we'll do like a Shawshank thing. And so I was called upon to do this delicious Morgan Freeman. And Ooh. I kept kind of work. I worked on that. And like, I remember the first time I did it, I, I don't remember how I discovered I could do it. It was one of those things where like I was doing a different voice. And I was like, hey, if I kind of slide this around in my throat a little bit, I go from here to here. I'm like, hey. That does kind of sound like Morgan Freeman. And yeah, like uh, JD, who was running the theater, was like just gobsmacked. Like, how does that come out of your head? Uh, uh, so so yeah. I, just really quickly, that okay. show, I remember, I'm trying to remember the lore of that show. So Morgan Freeman was like the, like, you know, uh, uh, I was Ed the announcer. Yeah, yeah, the announcer, Don Pardo or whatever. And then didn't didn't uh, this is Scott Cushman's show. Didn't he? Or no, oh, sorry. He eventually yeah. had a talk show where you were the you were the. Yeah, but so didn't, did he, his roommate was like the ma the ma, his roommate was the Maharaji or something Maharaja was it wasn't there like a weird oh, like lore like a Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of lore? It got weirder and weirder in that show. <laughs> so like the idea was so Scott, who was also the sometimes host of the execution, uh, good dude. So he was hosting a talk show as, at our improv theater, and so my, our mutual friend Mike Gans was the Ed McMahon. He was the second banana, and I was as Morgan Freeman, the announcer. But they would also do like come up with like sketches and bits where they would use me, and sometimes I would improvise and jump in as well. Um, but my favorite one was they did one that was like slides of Morgan Freeman's vacation, and or something like that. And then there was one like there was a they, they got sillier. Like first it started off as like oh here's the Great Wall of China or whatever, and then there was one that was like here's. Aladdin and Princess Jasmine on a on the carpet flying, and I'd, I'd have to say something like, you know, yep, that's my trip to Agrabah. Well, it looks like fun. It looks like fun. What well, else do you have? Oh, I'm sorry. Here is my next trip. I decided to go to the Middle East. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's Princess Jasmine. Yeah, that, that's my trip to Agrabah. <laughs> the, the well-known forgotten city of Agrabah. Uh, that's great. Did you do anything crazy there? or? Uh... Uh, well, I decided to go on a pilgrimage. Oh, you, you did the Hajj. Uh, you, did you, go, you went to uh, Mecca and... Uh... No, I, I took a, a slightly different but equally holy pilgrimage. <laughs> I, uh, well, you'll see. <laughs> I found oh. it. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. You, this is an old. You took a pilgrimage. <laughs> you took a pilgrimage up a fallopian tube. <laughs> like I said, it's a very old picture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the one below me there is Charles S. Dutton. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then, but then the, then it cut to one which was um, just a picture of like sperm swimming towards an egg. And I forget what the line was I had to say about it, which I did. And then my I improvised. Uh, the one below me is Charles S. Dutton. <laughs> the the reaction I got was really weird and funny. So I uh, yeah. I have a Morgan Freeman. I know I sure. there's an a disproportionate amount of white comedians that have a Morgan Freeman. So uh, I remember the first time I met Doug Leaf, he was doing a podcast. <laughs> You know, like yeah. So we all got that kind of. Yeah, the microphone is very important. There are there are stage impressions, and there are you know. Then there's the microphone impressions. Like Dan Oster crawled through a river of shit only to come out and record a podcast on the other side, <laughs> only to find himself in another river of shit. <laughs> uh, but but <laughs> but but <laughs> it was rivers of shit all the way down. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's interesting because like sometimes you're on stage and you don't have a microphone, you don't have a lavalier or anything and yeah. people want to hear impressions and there's ones that you can pull out without a microphone and there's ones you absolutely cannot the quintessential one that you don't need a microphone for is arnold schwarzenegger and uh you know then there's these other ones that require a little like nuance we used yeah. to play uh if you recall and i still think this is a dynamite game this is fucking old school shit this is boomer practically boomer level improv but it works it was the game schwarzenegger where you would get movies that arnold schwarzenegger wasn't in and then you would just do a scene as if he was in it, you know, as one of the characters. And it killed every time. It probably would kill today. It's yeah. just classic. It's just like, I'm Juno. I'm uh, having a baby. You know, like, it just, it was like, oh, I love it. You know, <laughs> Luke, I am your father. Yeah, yeah it just kills. And then, and then the, the last one was always get one that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in. And then everyone in it is Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like a, a Bean John Malkovich, you know, final, uh, final thing to do. My favorite one of those ever uh, was someone suggested American Beauty, and someone walked out on stage and just went, "Do you want to see a, a video of the most beautiful thing in the world?" And he, he just came out. I think it was you. Just go. Ah, I think I'm it was me. Caught in the wind. <laughs> I fly around in the wind. I am a plastic bag. Somebody yeah. help me! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you know, it says I, we've talked about this before uh, plenty, but it's it's interesting because I think you and I bonded over this a lot. We've been friends for. God, 23 years now-ish. Oh, my and, God. Uh, it's time to call it. Yeah, I know. We, but we've um, we've bonded over the fact that we do impressions. And also, I remember we've talked a lot about, gee, we kind of do a lot of the same ones. Which is odd, because our, our speaking voices don't sound anything alike. But somehow Well, we, we have a similar fandom. I think we like a lot of the same things. So that yeah. helps. And uh, I also feel like there's a lot, yeah. like, a lot of impressions are, like, most people I know do the same impressions. It's just because I think some voices are just kind of easier to, or someone's already figured out the mold, and so we all just kind of copy it. But, I mean, like, we've all just done the same voice, like, a number of times already. I'm sure we could keep doing that the whole time. There's definitely certain ones that are like if there was the impressionist uh, SATs, like everyone has to study these impressions for them. Yeah, you know, super standard ones. Like look at guys like Rich Little, you know, who's still performing. By the way, I was in Vegas last weekend, wow. and there were like posters for like he's still out there doing, you know, I guess Johnny Carson or whoever it is he used to do. Um, you know, because some of those impressions are just like yeah, they're like locked in, and as you said, you can just watch someone do it and go like, oh, he decoded it. Okay, I can do that. I uh, I think impressions are often a little bit like karaoke or sex in that uh, it's more fun to do than to observe. <laughs> That's just me personally. <laughs> Depends on what you like. <laughs> I like to watch 
impressions. Yeah. <laughs> Doug's impressions of Morgan Freeman. Mm. Mm, just that ASMR. Mm. I'm going to get mm. the bowl of popcorn now. Who's going to eat my shorts? Uh, <laughs> That's not even Morgan Freeman. I don't know who that is. That was a different person. To, to go back to something a second ago, Doug, um, you know, there are these moments that you can do that if your impression isn't like as good, but you can hit certain moments. When we were doing Winnie the Pooh earlier, if I'm doing Winnie the Pooh, I will always say rabbit because the way he says it is very distinct. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, good there, rabbit. And like, there's something about the way it is and it just like locks it. So even if the rest of it isn't perfect, like everyone's like, oh, that's Winnie the Pooh. There's definitely something to that where you're trying to get into an impression. Like there might be like a sound or a word that's like, that's like using a shoehorn of like, okay, I'm, yeah. if I say this word or do this thing, I lock into what it is. So like, now I, I do. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, there's, I, you guys can. Excuse me, throw out examples, but well, I was just gonna okay. So, uh, oh, the word that gets you into the impression, yeah, yeah, like for if it's Jeff Bridges, the word is <laughs> now. Like, I gotta, I gotta call you out. I think your <laughs> Jeff Bridges is my Jeff Bridges. I think it you, is, and I'm you, you, you <laughs> I've heard you do Jeff Bridges, like, you're just doing mine. <laughs> you're right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna, all right, it, all right. Well, yeah. you, I've got it on, I've got it on the record. So that to me, I'll, I'm gonna go a little to the side. So I love, what I love is when an impression accidentally happens. When yeah. you say something and then your brain goes, wait a minute, I sounded like that person. So I was driving, I was leaving like the Rite Aid parking lot because that's my exciting life. And some, and this lady like cuts me off and she's got like a little dog on her lap. And I just, in the car, I didn't say it really. She could hear me, but I was like, "You have a dog on your lap." <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, that sounds like Jeff Bridges." It's the and same cadence as Tony Stark built this in a cave with, yeah. Yeah, with scraps, you know. You know. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, maybe there's just a little Jeff." And like when my hair got long in COVID and I had a beard, I got a lot of dude like references and stuff. So I'm like, oh, yeah. "Oh, maybe there's just like a little bit of." Jeff Bridges energy is another guy like I never know what to say with, as him but like yeah definitely like yeah man you know we're just doing a podcast we're having a good time <laughs> you extend you extend the vowels you know a little bit and you know you just have, you know it's, it's, it's a lot of ins a lot of outs a lot of what have yous you know so he's it's, turning uh, into a bear as time goes on I think yeah, yeah no but he's drunker just, and drunker bear well, that's the thing, too. It's like young people are harder to impersonate, but older, you know, you, like this is our curse. We're all just going to be more ourselves as we get older. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just it's like a ripening. And then someone hits a point where you're like, ah, you are now so you that you are you are distilled. And Jeff yeah. Bridges really he had a point where he just yeah, he just yeah. I mean, the big Lebowski does seem to be the inflection point where you were like, ah, this is this is your true self. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we've talked kind of about some of like our go-to ones. I'm curious, Rich, if there are impressions that are like, these are ones that like maybe are more obscure, like the ones like, you know, no one, everyone asked me to do Christopher Walken, but nobody asked me to do this. Like, what, what are some of like the more esoteric ones in your, in your quiver? Well, I, this used to be hack, but it would be esoteric now just because of how it's age out. But, you know, uh, Columbo, because, you know, excuse me, ma'am, I just, I got one more thing to ask, you know, and just like, like, no one talks about Columbo anymore, but I still, I'm old school. Oh, you got to get back on social media. The kids love Columbo. Yeah, oh. it's everywhere. It's weird. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, okay, they call it Columboing. <laughs> So I was wrong. I answered your question incorrectly. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of like. Uh, no, that's a great choice. Yeah. But uh, like, um, uh, you know, every, everyone kind of. I, I do like my Keanu Reeves. I don't. You know, everyone. There's a lot of Keanu Reeves out there, but there's something about Keanu Reeves that he pauses. And I like to use his name 
Keanu Reeves, like when I say mm-hmm. it. So like there's... that's very Ted Theodore Logan. Like that's the Ted era to me. Yeah. That's what yeah. I get. If you, are we are we giving notes? You agree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want. <laughs> so for me, it was, um, and I actually brought this into the Mad TV audition, which was a really odd choice, but it was deep. It was deep. And by the way, apparently this was like a, a power move, by the way, when they asked me to you know, do new impressions. And I, I was doing some, and I said, you know what? And I just gave them a sheet of paper. And I said, just pick something off of this list because I'd printed something out. And it was like a pretty long list. And they were just picking stuff, and I was doing it. But um, I, <laughs> when I was in high school, my friends and I, we were very cool. And, and, and uh, we liked Paul Reiser. <laughs> you know, all those people that you idolize. And uh, not, not to be confused with Jerry Seinfeld. There's, you know, pretty big difference between those two uh, Jewish comedians. And uh, I do like that he had a resurgence with Stranger Things. But my Paul Reiser was like, all right, what is that there? That is, that is shad. That, that's shad, really, you know? And, and uh, I, it's always really from Aliens. It's like, you know, Ripley, we could both be heroes, you know? <laughs> like, and so there's just something. I don't know. I always liked, I always liked that guy. Uh, you know, fun. we build a campfire, sing some songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's more a mad about you era, Paul Reiser. Okay, there, okay. Oh, you know, I didn't want notes. <laughs> but before I share, I'm just gonna say I don't want notes. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's one that no one will appreciate. That was great, but, man. But, I've never, well, I've I never heard that. Well, you, you. Sorry, you will appreciate it, but but no one else listening. Uh, but I remember when I uh, dropped that. David Saltzman, who like was like the head honcho producer of Mad TV, was like, "Yeah, he, uh, you know, yeah, he was a great heavy in uh, Aliens." That's <laughs> just such a funny way to say it. Like, okay, heavy. Yeah. Yeah. was he a wrestler? Or like, <laughs> yeah. you old ass Hollywood weirdo. <laughs> Doug, what's an esoteric one you got? Uh, so this is one I developed that I, I, I realized I can never do on stage. Uh, same, for the same reason as your Barack Obama. It's just a little odd to watch a white guy do a black person. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I did develop this voice, and I'm not sure why, but it, uh, Lance Reddick, who Oh, yeah, so, so most of your impressions on this podcast will be of black men, I just want <laughs> Right. Uh, uh, Morgan Freeman uh, and uh, Lance Reddick and Winnie the Pooh, all black. Winnie the um, Pooh is, yeah, widely yeah. considered to be black. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I figured the trick to it was like you start with like the traditional Carl Sagan voice that you know, oh. billions, and then you kind of force the impression into the front of your teeth, so it becomes like it starts up here and then becomes about taking the files down to division where we have a crack team putting them together with duct tape and glue, and like it's somewhere like way down in here. And there was something about that. I was like, I, I have no idea where or how I would use this, but I kind of you know, like a, doing it. You know, uh, uh, Frank Caliendo or whatever, you know, has like a TikTok or something where he's like, oh, you know, you do this and you do this. I was never a big fan of that, like piecemeal. I don't. That's not my way in anyway. Of like, that's oh, not you why do I this. stumbled then, into it. But yeah, yeah. right. Like I just kind of go like, no, I just want to try to sound like the person. I don't. I don't usually like. Maybe in in retrospect, I go like, oh yeah, John C. Riley's got some Kermit and you know, doob doob doob. But like, yeah. yeah it's never it's never my way of like I don't do you I guess it's a question do you did you find it by piecing stuff together or was all it was after you had it that you looked at it and you're like oh I was doing that plus that yeah it was more like it was more like your thing with Jeff Bridges where I was just like I was just kind of fooling around and like all of a sudden I was like oh if I take it down here I was like what is that and I just kind of played around with it I'm like oh, I guess that does kind of sound like Lance yeah a bit. it was like it was like, like it your was wife, not, I didn't try set out to do it your wife was like could Lance Reddick come to bed tonight? 
<laughs> no, my wife is more like, who is Lance Reddick? Yeah, yeah. Actually, stop talking like, that way. Stop talking. I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> turn, turn out the lights. Yep. I love that though stop when you find one impression and and it's a short walk to another one. Like uh, again, this is esoteric. I didn't think about it earlier, but um, so like uh, like when I heard Reverend Lovejoy and I started doing Reverend Lovejoy, I realized he's not that far from Paul Harvey. I'm like. You know, Reverend Lovejoy is down here, and Paul Harvey is a uh, good day, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, I don't know if anyone uh, remembers who Paul Harvey was, but, uh, you know, like, you guys don't know who he is? Oh, maybe Steve, he was... Steve Harvey's dad, right? No, he was a big radio personality <laughs> back in the day for years, but uh, he may not have been on all coasts. So uh, if, I, if, if I was listening to this podcast and said impressions, I would want to hear some impressions. I feel like we, we, should, we should be... Well... Have I got here. something for you then? Because I did yeah. put out a call to the internet writ large. Oh, it's always fun to have other people ask you to do ones you don't do. That's yeah. yeah that's so I, I solicited a, li- <laughs> a list here. Uh, so I've got lots of different ones that people have selected. I don't know if we'll get to them all, but um, I thought I don't know if Dan, if you want to do this, where if I I'll call out the impression and then a, an occupation to try and give you a little something. To oh, do okay. So, so 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 I just want to I want to I want to set the scene here a little bit. So this was a game we used to do at Boom Chicago in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, home to such luminaries as Jordan Peele and Seth Meyers, um, Amber Ruffin, great great talents. Uh, and we used to play a game. I think I, I, I do think it was called Occupations, but it's probably not. But uh, the deal was you get a bunch of uh, famous people from the audience. You get a bunch of occupations. And then we would say, I'd like to see so-and-so, you know, the traffic cop, right? or Arnold Schwarzenegger, the traffic cop. Uh, I'm going to sh- I'm going to peer behind the curtain a little bit because we didn't want to do any pre-talking before this. We wanted to just dive in. But right. the best way to do this, <laughs> I'm going to teach a little improv moment here for this particular short form game. Don't start with the impression. Start with the setup. Start with the oh, yeah. person who's like, oh, I didn't realize I was driving so fast. So that Arnold Schwarzenegger, the traffic cop, can be like, well, you need to be more careful. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, I'm going to, you can edit that out or the audience can hear that that is how, the best way to do it. But no, they need to the learn. They need to well, learn. Well, that is the best way to do it. You get a little setup right, and, right. Then you get, and then you get the sweet, sweet hit. Yeah. yeah, and I have a uh, website up here. It'll, it'll generate randomly an occupation for us. So that way we're, you know. Uh, this is why AI sure. is taking our jobs. All right, so uh, our, our buddy who uh, was on a, our Pokemon podcast, Dave Jackson, suggests Michael Caine, and it will be Michael Caine, the domestic... Are you, asking this of, are you asking this of me specifically or anybody? Uh, sure, so well, you should we'll, d- designate somebody. That, that This is another thing you have to do. You have take to say, turns. Rich, I want to hear Michael Dan, Caine, the domestic cleaner. <laughs> Dan Oster, can I hear Michael Caine, the house cleaner? Okay. Uh, can you just get the windows for me, please? Why do we clean windows? We clean them so that we can pick ourselves back up. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing about a Michael Caine impression is that everyone has to say the name Michael Caine. Were you the one who sent me that clip of him? Well, thank you for correcting me on my impression, Doug. No, no, no. Were you the one who sent me the (laughs) clip? I'm not correcting you, sir. I'm I'm not not doing anything of a sort. But, yeah, it wasn't. You were the one who sent me. It was a clip of him on some interview show where he was talking about that very thing that every Michael Caine impression involves him saying, My, hello, Michael, I'm Michael Caine. Caine. I hello, don't know I'm my Michael own Caine. name because I'm, I'm an Caine. idiot. Well, every good impression starts with, this is who I am. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's the it's the Halloween costume equivalent of having the picture of the person. Like, when you remember when we were kids and it was like, it was a Superman costume, but it had a f- picture of Superman, like, <laughs> on the costume. It was like, this is who I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you remember uh, those? Uh, cheap costumes? Absolutely, yeah. You don't remember those? Okay, fine. I invented it. I All right. That. Uh, so I want to give uh, Ryan Player One, uh, that's a screen name, credit. He he did suggest Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I'm going to blow past that because we've done a lot of Schwarzenegger already. And I'm going to go to Alex D, who suggests Marlon Brando. So, Rich, give me Marlon Brando, the dietitian. Um, yeah, I just haven't really been feeling myself lately. You gotta eat some vegetables. You gotta, you gotta have less uh, dairy in your diet. You know, it's, it's too much. Oh, but it's too I, much I love, dairy. I just, I love cheese though. I know you gotta, you gotta put down. You gotta put down. There you go. Uh, the audience, yeah, can you insert some audience applause at the end, Doug? Like after Dan needs it. We need it. Some, I don't need it. I, yeah, I need it from that character. That's the one I need applause for. The person going the to lactose the intolerant uh, patient. I just want you to know I played lactose intolerant number three in the Poseidon Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, appreciate intolerance of any kind, including dairy intolerance. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, all right, Dan. Uh, Zumbini says uh, <laughs> Peter Lorre. Peter Lorre. That's no, actually Doug. That's a Doug impression. That's a Doug don't give me, right, don't do give me fucking Doug impressions. I'm gonna take the clipboard. Uh, Doug uh, Zambini wants to hear uh, Peter Lorre. The what? Uh, the engineer. <laughs> Great. Two things I don't want. <laughs> uh, we have the schematics for you right here if you're ready. I can see they're beautiful in there. In their abstractness. I think I'm going to take them and beat my wife to death with them. Nice. <laughs> yeah, audience applause. That was great. Yeah. You son of a That's bitch. Great. You were going to give me that? All right. Yeah. This yeah, one is. Su- I'll admit, I, this one's super hard because this is a oh, lady good. impression. Oh, oh good. Um, it's a what a impression? It's a girl. Oh, girl. I, I, so it's going to be real hard for us three dudes to do, any of us. So I'll throw this out whoever thinks they can do it. Great. Uh, but the suggestion from Sarah Sandifer is Kristen Schaal. <laughs> I'm not the, taking that one. <laughs> the pawnbroker. Doug, did you screen these? Did you <laughs> actually? Or did you just oh, take absolutely them? not. <laughs> great, great, great um, showmanship, great hosting. <laughs> no, we, come on, we got to go for it. This is an improv show, right? Someone suggested we say yes and. That's what we do. Well, all yeah. right. There, there is a such thing as uh, audience handling. Kristen Schaal <laughs> is the, uh, she's the, She's the younger sister in, in Bob's Burgers, right? That voice. Well, I know her personally. That's why this is weird for me. I oh, will say nice. this. Oh. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be an impression. It'll be more of an anecdote. And as I do scan through that, Doug, and pick winners, maybe one <laughs> loser, and then end with a winner, because that's how you do a show. Yeah. And so and so Kristen Shaw, I remember sitting with her in a living room once we were, you know, just we all knew some similar friends and it was i can't remember what we were watching i think it was some movie with um mariah carey did she ever try acting or something this is uh, not gonna glitter. be impre- yeah yeah i think it was glitter they were watching glitter and Kristen shaw i don't have an impression but i'm gonna do my best from recollection since i'm like this movie stinks worse than my pussy water <laughs> 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 which if you can imagine the little bunny hair uh bunny girl from uh, bob's burger saying that's pretty funny yeah um, pretty good yeah, but I, 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 I don't. Yeah, I don't think any of us have a Kristen Shaw. Unfortunately. I so I'll, no, I'll of do... course we don't. But I, yeah, had an <laughs> I, anecdote. I'll, I'll blow past that and see again. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hope I buy you some Rich... time to pick some ones that yeah, we can yeah, do. Yeah, sure. Here, here's one. Um, so, Rich, uh, I'll throw this to you. This is from your friend Brandon Weaver, who suggested Ricky Gervais, the cabinet All right. maker. All right. 
<laughs> okay, great. That's, I'll set this up. <laughs> yeah, we were just thinking about having like a like an armoire in the corner. Oh, that's what you're thinking about right there, yeah. Um, uh, only fucking idiots have that in the house, actually. Um, you know, it's not that smart. Uh, I should just get the fuck out of here. Um, well, okay. Uh, you know, we are Christian. God is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I would just throw that out. <laughs> I, I never had a great Ricky Gervais impression. I did have an idea for a sketch that I never wrote or went anywhere, which was it was a game show called uh, Will Ricky Gervais Finish a Sentence? Because his bit is just so much fumfering, but yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, it wasn't enough of a premise to to build anything out of. So, so when uh, did you? So that's a really good impression. I want to just stop yeah. and say. And second, yeah, which was great. Did, oh, thanks. That one wow. you just, Thank you. Did, yeah, yeah. Um, so on Jimmy Fallon, when they do like the musical impressions and stuff, they know that the person does those. They don't just like populate it with randos. They're like, okay, what are ones that you yeah on million dollar network TV? Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. Well, I'm just trying to create a show that's worth listening to. <laughs> I Dan, I want to hear you. Challenge. I would like to hear your, you know, Meryl Streep. Uh, you know, like. What is... <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Dan, in that spirit, I'm going to tee you up for uh, who suggested this. Sorry. Uh, Case Aiken suggested Gilbert Godfrey, okay. the conservationist. And I suspect we'll all be hearing from Gilbert Godfrey in a moment. <laughs> uh, these are the wetlands we're trying to protect. The wetlands! Let me tell you about the wetlands! I remember this bird was fucking this bird! In the ass! Up in, they were fucking and sucking and so they were wet! They were so goddamn wet. <laughs> well Jafar, I am, I am rock hard. Yeah, I uh, love it. Uh, my Gilbert Gottfried is a little more esoteric. I like to do him from the one scene he's in in Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, what if, what, this ticket, I, I don't want to pay this. Look, what if there was something in this hand and you just forgot about what was in it? I don't even remember what was in this hand. You know, <laughs> when he died, that was, I found that clip and like posted it because so I was, that, him and Beverly Hills Cop, I think it's two, Beverly Hills Cop 2, two, I think. Two. Yeah, he's so good in that. Yeah. Yeah. I do you want to do any more? We're gonna move on to something else. I'm fine doing it. It's just whatever you want. As long as there, (laughs) I like that I'm going on record. Like I choose easy green circle, (laughs) bunny slope impressions. All right. Well, I'll give uh, Rich. I think you can do this one. I'm not a give Rich all the ones that Dan doesn't want. Uh, So I'll say, as you've had had two of your friends suggested this, Uh, Margot Escott and Abby Newell both suggested Jimmy Stewart. So I'm going to throw you Jimmy Stewart, the publisher. Uh, so this is my life story. I mean, it really means a lot to me, and I just I don't want to have to change anything. Wow! This uh, of all the manuscripts I've ever seen, this is this this one of the best. Oh wow! Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> is it, do you want the moon? I lasso it around for it. Bring it right down. Uh, that's terrible. I, I can't. I- <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have a Jimmy Stewart. I just can't like I don't know. It's not coming to me right now. I, I didn't also. Uh, I think I think the one that the, the, I, mean, I think it was I thought it was great. But uh, oh, if, I, if I were to do it like the line that I remember, like, well, well, well I, 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 I never knew I had so many friends. That's what and it that's, is. It's a it's it, got it, a little it, more um, vocal uh, fry. Yeah, it's but fry. It, it's also Ghost and Mr. Chicken guy is kind of like him too. Don Knotts. Don. There's a little there's there's a little Don Notch in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I told Andy he'll be thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not a fish. I'm a man. Yeah, that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm the fun uh, landlord and threes company. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Remember I used to say that? Uh, for the kids. All right. Right. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm totally ribbing you. I'm just, it's just a funny thing. I'm just like, I, it's, it's this weird thing. I remember Boom Chicago, like where you would do, yes, you could do the weird ones you don't know, but you want to end on a winner. You know, you want to, you don't want to, it's not blind. We're not just like. But that's a philosophy. I'm just like, we want to end on a win. Yeah, if you're no, doing like, a comedy show, yeah, like where you yeah, want to end, end on like, a big and, laugh, and, absolutely. And here's one yeah. I've never heard you do before, but let's just see if you have it. And that's our show, folks. I just, it's a kind yeah, of yeah, funny, 100%. Funny no, you want that audience laughing about, yeah. at the end, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. not out of pity. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's why uh, it has to be at the end Arnold Schwarzenegger, the sex worker. Uh, right. What do you got, Doug? Uh, what have I got? Uh, my wife, Amy, challenges us to all impersonate each other, which is dangerous uh so i don't know if we'll do that and be friends afterwards so um let's see uh i've got my uh, wife oh, amy one. uh, uh challenged us to all do impressions <laughs> that's pretty good, sorry, that's pretty good. Sorry. who's got a john lovitz that can be me oh, oh, oh no yeah, actually no like, who's got a john lovitz asks the doug all right doug no, i'm saying you impersonate john lovitz that's close enough to being me oh as you're well doing your impression of john uh, no no, right. no i'm it's saying if you impersonate thanks. john love yeah uh, that's me all right. Hello and welcome to Nostalgium Arcanum. Yeah. <laughs> Arcanum Nostalgium, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you say it backwards, all breaks loose. Um, all right, Doug, I would like to see, oh, uh, sure. I, yes, I would like to see uh, the little, little improv here. Let's see, John Lovitz, the stripper. All right, you're on next. You see anything you like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah see that's called hosting <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> i want applause for my hosting no uh, great, job, great, job, great job great job great job all right um guys uh any other kind of we i did throw out the possibility maybe we would talk about some other uh, musical impressions but that'd be hard to do i think because we don't have any music queued up acapella um, well, I will say this, uh, uh, Doug and I, or Doug and I, Rich and I, was looking at the wrong box and then I thought of the wrong person, uh, Rich and I have been uh, running some karaoke down at the old uh, Inkwell Tavern in Burbank, California on Monday nights. Come on down, say hi, uh, sing a few songs. But, you know, it is a fun opportunity to, like, you know, do some musical impressions. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to, like, bust it out. I mean, it's like... Uh, yeah, I mean, do you, do you want to try? I, well, my I my, my it question to you is actually, you know, hey, when when you do go up to karaoke, like, how much of you is thinking like, should I sing this? You know, not just sing the song, but try and do the the voice of the original singer. Well, when I uh, originally started doing stuff like that, I, I I would try to sound more like it, and I felt like that was less impressive than singing the fucking song, like you know, well. And yeah. so now it's usually like a half and half. It's like, oh yeah, yeah try to get a little bit of that tone. But do the song. Don't just go up and have no soul whatsoever because you're trying to sound like a person, you know, like yeah. a different, like a specific person. But uh, I always like to do the Springsteen stuff, you know, uh, you know, so in the day we sweat it out in the streets of a runaway American dream. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's just like, it's like, is that a dead on impression? Probably not. But people get what you're going for. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, um like Hootie and the Blowfish was like hit me right in the right at the right time was you and me were coming from a different world. You like to laugh at me when I look at other girls. You know, like it's like I, There you go. I, I and I, I got that down to where I could like sing other songs as Hootie. I can cover as Hootie. Yeah, well now I, next time you're there I'm gonna ask you to it's just gonna be Hootie sings. That's gonna Great. be the game. Great. 
What about you, Doug? You got one? Uh, yeah, so here's this, this falls into that esoteric one that I would never otherwise do, but uh, I, I can do um, Janis Joplin doing Mercedes Benz. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you had a Janis Joplin. Yeah, of course I do. You look at me and you just think, of course, she's she's the lady of rock. No, um, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drop Porsches. I must make amends. Ooh. Worked hard on my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Well done. That's well it. done. Yeah. I there am you go. rock hard right now. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone's got a Johnny Cash, I feel like, right? Oh, yeah. you know? oh I don't know so, if yeah, I do, but yeah. Well, I know Rich has got one. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, down, down as the flames get higher. You know, like, and it burns, burns, burns. Yeah. The ring of fire. The ring of fire. Yeah. And people love that. I mean, like, they, they like if you oh, go yeah. to that low register, it, it just sounds really good. In, the, in fact, Doug, to answer your question, I don't think I have, I ever sing a Johnny Cash song without sounding like Johnny Cash. Like, he's just No, like, it's fun. I, I don't even want to sing a song not sounding like him. Give them what they want. Um, I'm always a fan of Tom Petty. Sure. You know? I was, I was, She's I was a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus. In America, too. Well, they were, we're probably the only two people that have done like karaoke Wilburys. Uh, because, oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we'll do that. Because we've, you, me, and, and uh, uh, our our buddy Eric Latchaw, like we've gone up there and done um, Handle with Care. Yeah. Roy, so Orbison, you, you, Roy, Roy, Orbison. Roy Orbison part. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I'm so tired of being lonely. Like that. I'll do He's my, 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 yeah, I'm actually yeah. doing the ghost of Roy Orbison this Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I got a um, bit of a Neil Diamond, a crackling mm. rose. Hello, don't you know? A crackling rose, your store but woman. You know, like, yeah. I, I, uh, I, if we're doing cross gender, I don't think it's very good, but my Tina Turner. <laughs> we don't need another hero. We don't need another way home. <laughs> All we want is who we are now in Thunderdome. I'm, the hardest working legs in show business, everybody. Yeah, yeah nice. Go. I can kind of do Patsy Cline a little bit. Like, crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. What are you guys yeah. doing after this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Rich, you got a, a. It makes sense that you're from Fort Worth. You got a lot of like Texas impressions. I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up around the Southern accent, and I've had it for my whole life. So, yeah. Well, there you go, guys. That's a that's a whole bunch of impressions. Um, you know, what is it you think of, about doing this? Just like it's a weird talent. It's weird to just sort of bring out at random places. But like, there's something that's just like I just you feel compelled to do these voices. I do them around my kids. They tell me to stop, but I keep doing it. Um, what is it that I don't know? Like, I'll start with you, Rich. Like, what do you think keeps this alive for you? I'm willing to bet this is one of the first comedic things people ever did, even before we had language. Like, I bet you know there was like a caveman kind of walking in a weird way, and his friend like started walking like him, and everyone laughed. You know, I think that there's something about just our ability to mimic each other. That's just fun. Like as many impressions as I do, and I, like I'm always down to hear someone do their impression of it because it's just it's just fun. Dan, um, are you familiar with the concept of monism? That we are all pieces of God, God trying to understand itself better, 
And uh, I, <laughs> I think that, you know, we impersonate people because it, it's like we gravitate towards them and we kind of like try to take it on to learn about a little bit more about some part of ourselves that we wish we had or we identify with or connect with. Or possibly we just look and say, like, I like that person. I wish I was that person. I wish I could be that person. You know, I think that's usually it. The other way, and I don't do this. I don't think any of us really do it. But you could do it in more of a mocking way. Like, I don't like this person. But I haven't heard any, like, Donald Trumps or anything tonight. So yeah. less less of that. But, but I yeah, for me, it's more like I want to... I want to borrow a little bit of their vibe, you know, a little bit of their mojo. Feels yeah. good. I think there's something comforting about just repeating a joke and which shouldn't work, right? A joke should only really be funny the first time you hear it because it's based on surprise. And yet, you know, we'll go back and watch comedies over and over again. And there's something about I think this probably starts with kids on the playground and I know I've heard Billy West talk about this famous voice actor that he got started where, you know, he would, they would, there was no VCRs there were, or any way to record anything. So if you saw something funny on TV the night before you would go to school and you would tell your friends oh. of this funny thing you saw and you would recount it. And if you were good at it, you would do the voices to go along with it. And that's how he got started doing voices. And I think there's something about that idea of like, yeah, you can, you're not just you, you can bring out this, you know, uh, arsenal, of uh, of army of people to to do jokes with you or to you know just there's something fun about that and and then there's just the puzzle aspect the fun of like trying to decode you know how do i do this person right how do i put these weird parts of my voice box together to make this sound that is somebody else now uh we're i, I sense we're at time but yeah, i would really, ask we can keep going uh, well i just would say is there anything that we didn't get to is there an impression that anybody would like to do that they haven't mm. gotten to do tonight but it's something that they enjoy um i think that would be a good question to to put forth. sure rich I, i'll start with you then is there any like voices you just feel like doing because this is the time to peacock and show off well you mentioned accents earlier and most of the impressions we've done have been um, uh, americans but like I like Steve Irwin, you know, he's, you know, he's uh, any Australian really, but uh, crikey, oh, I want to show you all these animals and what I can do for you. You know, like I think, you know, he not only did, was he this Australian accent, but he was so just like enthusiastic all the time. That I love to embody that voice. That's a good one. Dan, you got one? Oh, mine's also Seaward. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is awkward. Uh, I mean, I always like doing Patrick Stewart. I mean, he used to do this old oh, bit because yeah. he he did this uh, one-man show in the 90s when I was a kid. So for some reason, this was influential. And he did a uh, a Christmas carol. He did you know, yeah. played all the parts. And he did this dumb bit a while back where he was doing a one-man a Christmas story, which is, you know, like, <laughs> when I was a boy, I wanted a Red Ryder BB gun. <laughs> and they told me, you'd shoot your eye out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fudge. (laughs) (laughs) I always, I always liked it. Yeah. And I mean, like we're watching like TNG at home lately and I'm just like, well, yes, I Dan, you know, you're home alone and you're you're okay. You're doing all right. You know, and like, I did, they all talk to me and just tell me I'm doing okay. That's all, that's all the impressions. They're all very reassuring. They're all very, yeah. There's just the father. I, I, no, I, I wish I had no, um, yeah, this is actually kind of fun to watch him on TNG because he's actually a much more three-dimensional... Sorry, the next generation. Uh, he's a far more three-dimensional character than the impression. You know, you go and you watch that show and like, oh, yeah, he gets to play a lot of different levels, you know? Um, just throwing that out there. Doug, is there one that you haven't done that you would like to do? Oh, God, we have done a lot of them. I haven't done... Yeah, there's a lot of cartoon voices. Um, 
I haven't I'm trying to think of like vocal registers I haven't really visited tonight. Um, I guess I could start with something like SpongeBob, like way up here. Like this is a part of my voice I haven't done lately. Um, so I, I like that one. Actually, I can do I a lot of this. Came. Sorry, I just came. I do a lot of the Sponge. Right. You know, there's, there's a, who's it? Bill Fagerbach. He does Patrick. I think is his name. But that real stupid voice that says "Hello, I'm Patrick Starfish." Like that. That's and then you have Squidward. So there's most of Bikini Bottom for you, I guess. Uh, that's, that's one I like. <laughs> Bikini um, power bottom. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you're, 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 mm, sorry. I, that's I, this is my go-to joke. I'm like Jesus Christ, that's hot. Um, but uh, yeah, your kids probably got a big kick out of that. I, I wish they did. They, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly your wife does. No. Uh, oh, okay. No, no. Well, friends that's at work. I'm, that's <laughs> what I'm doing this podcast for. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like they're they're kind of in an age where they. Sometimes they like it, but for the most part, it's like, you know, daddy, yeah. you stop talking weird. Um, yeah. cool. Celeste, though, did at one point come out with a, a Holly Hunter that was really good. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, she might have it. You know, she might have the, the gene. He's um, bona fide. So, He's bona fide. <laughs> that's right. She, she did um, uh, Mrs. Incredible was the, what she knew. Oh, nice. So she was yeah. doing that that voice from the, from the Incredibles. So. That was kind of heartening to see. I'm like, oh, she can do that. But yeah, like I, I watch all these cartoons with them, and I'll like bust out like obscure stuff. Like, so they like really like Gravity Falls, and so I'll do characters from that. And like, I'm Grenda. I'm the size of two people, and like nothing. Like they don't react. They're like, but I just did the thing, <laughs> the thing you like. I did it, and they're nope, nothing. But that seems seven. like parenting, from what I understand. It's, that's what it's like. Yeah. I've I've such sights to show you and the, yeah no no reaction. Wait, you did uh, Hellraiser? No, that's what I did. Yeah, they didn't like my puzzle. My box. kids didn't like my pinhead character they, that I do. Yeah, they, they did not dig the lament configuration. I'm sorry. No, no, they did not. Kids uh, these days. So, uh, bonus round. Uh, uh, our buddy Dylan Riss. <laughs> this was his suggestion, by the way, for for characters we could do. He wrote. Simpsons characters grouped by their voice actor as they you know, do all the Azaria voices. Well, I, you know, when you guys were doing the Simpsons stuff, I just want to say I, I got real quiet because as much as I love the Simpsons, I never got into doing Simpsons voices. I don't know if that, if that puts me on the spectrum or something. No, like I maybe thought that was, like, I just, that was like impressionist boot just, I just something that never appealed to me. I just was like, nah, I like this show that I'm not going to. No, I, yeah, I don't think there's anybody from that show. Yeah. 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 Not, so even a, like, not even a Wiggum? Uh, I, no, I know, that, I know that's one, a character from two. the show. I just can't enjoy it. No, mm-hmm. I... <laughs> <laughs> Aurora Borealis at this time of year in this part of the country, located entirely within your kitchen. I look. I like doing yes. references to The Simpsons. I just never really got into like doing an accurate impression. So, oh, that's fascinating. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> yes, I know. Hmm. Um, I'll leave it to you then, you guys. Oh, I'm sorry. I yeah. did, used to do a Marge Simpson. I know you're joking, but it is. <laughs> that was one. That's it. for some reason Ooh, I love that. That was pretty good, Marge. <laughs> yeah, I run a small school for lobsters. We'll get him in tip-top shape. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, yeah, uh, that's probably that's probably a good place to leave it. Um, so before we really tire out our audience, you don't want to um, just do. Let's. I would like to do all the problematic Simpsons characters. Great. <laughs> Yes, who's got the first up who? <laughs> who wants to I throw mean, we all have it. Thing? We're not going to do it. We all have it. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. He's uh, he, he goes in the box now. 
What did they do with him? Did they write him off the show or recast him? I think they. Re- I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they wrote him off the show. I think they just don't. He's like they just. Really... T- they don't go to the quickie mart anymore. They're yeah, just like... pretty much. Although wow. it's Yeah, I don't think Minjula is on the show either because that was uh, Jan Hooks and she passed away. So they, usually when a voice actor on that show passes away, they don't recast the the character. Sure. So like Edna Krabappel is you know, died. Her voice actress died, and mm. yeah, no more, no more Edna Krabappel. Uh. Just a weird side note. I saw an ad before we got on here that that Rick and Morty is coming back for uh, the next season without uh, Ju- Justin, Justin Roiland. So that's oh man, Rick, I'm, I'm not sure how it's gonna gonna sound. <laughs> well, I, I I think we've got a perfectly good Fallout Boy right here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, legacy voices. That's a whole. Jackers, Jiminy Jackers. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Oster is Mickey Rooney. Yes, <laughs> yes, right, right. The one the no, kids really perfect, came to see. Perfect example of like I like quoting the Simpsons. I just never did the impression. No. All right, well, guys, uh, this was so much fun. We could probably do a whole other hour just farting around and doing impressions. But I, um, I, I really want to thank you guys for coming on for this. This was a treat and uh, um, just special to kind of sit down with you guys and just do this because we don't really get a chance to just sit down and just fire off impressions at each other. So this was yeah. this was fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, Rich, uh, people want to find you. Where do they find you? At Rich Baker Coaching on Instagram or richbakercoaching.com. You can get a free uh, online drop-in class anytime you want to. Open to anybody. There you go. Dan, uh, anything you want to plug? Don't come and find me. <laughs> He's in the witness production pre- program. I would fair. prefer you to. Yeah, my, my real name is not Dan Oster. Uh, all right well then i will just plug our old show and say go if you think dan's funny uh go listen to a podcast medieval because i'm i'm still real proud of that and um oh and i'm our, i'm proud of, i'm proud of it too as well doug it just there's just that one review that that means i'm never gonna... stand by it <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take some time and some therapy for me to get over right. it all right uh, let me do some admin here so if you like this show uh of course Drop us a review. That is the best thing you could do. And the, the other best thing you can do, of course, is tell a friend to listen to it. And uh, you can contact us on X, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> dead Twitter, at, uh, at, at Nostalgia Marcanum. I, or, I'm sorry, at Nostalgia Pod. Uh, you can go to Nostalgia Marcanum on threads and uh, on Instagram where I, uh, I post bonus reels and stuff. So please go to there. Um, coming up on uh, the next episode, I believe things have gotten totally thrown out of whack by uh, the strike but i believe coming up next on the schedule is calvin and hobbs and uh, after that i know we've got an episode in the works on uh, ratchet and clank so uh, if you're a fan of that video game series that'll be fun to talk about too so call me when you do tango and cash yes uh, when when uh, the strike is off tango and cash is on so uh, nice. that's it for this episode uh, i believe they have a waiver much. actually sorry <laughs> oh no, it's not yeah yeah they have a waiver for, we could do it it's okay <laughs> Uh, for for cash, not tango, unfortunately. Wait, wait, let's hear it. Let's hear a little Stallone on our way up. Uh, Stallone. Uh, no, no. Stallone. We gotta, we gotta do Stallone down here. You can't be too. You, people can't hear the words individually. Or else it's not Stallone. I love it. I approve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <That's impression>. <laughs> <laughs> All <right>. Seconded. <laughs> uh, until next time. That is one more entry in the nostalgia arc. I'd like to think that if I was, I would pass. Look at the tested and think there before the grace go on. Might be a coward, I'm afraid of what I might find out. Yeah, I'm going to
Live on stage for one week only, the Royal Shakespeare Company's Patrick Stewart in his legendary one-man performance of the most beloved holiday classic of all time, A Christmas Story. When I was a boy, I wanted a Red Ryder BB gun. But they told me I'd shoot my eye out. Oh, fudge! It's the show the New York Times calls unorthodox. My tongue is affixed to this icy pole. And an error that should have been caught two days into the process. You there, be sure to drink your Ovaltine. And you. Theater critic Neil Corbin says, I wish I had read my ticket more carefully because I really thought this was the Dickens one. Mother, father, this rabbit suit is an abomination. Still, it was impressive to see Stuart do all those different voices. How do the little piggies eat? I can't put my arms down. I'm Darren McGavin. Now playing at the Pasadena Community College Theater Annex with special guest Tim Curry as the leg lamp. I'm a lamp. Patrick Stewart in A Christmas Story. Make it so. Make it snow. Tickets are still available. Yeah, now I've ever Really generous with my purple. Who, wait, uh, who are you supposed to be? Who are you talking like? Elastigirl. Oh, so you're doing your Holly Hunter impression. Let's hear some more. Um, because that is really generous because that has to be my incredible place where I have that work. Incredible. Eyes.